0: by Ms. Haggins at the National Institute of Health, which is NIH, in the Office of Dietary Supplements. So, if you have any questions, just type in the chat, and thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Well, thank you, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here um, to talk with all of you. So thank you for joining. Um, as Sarah mentioned, I work at the National Institutes of Health, which is right down the road for most of you. Um, and our office studies, the safety and effectiveness of dietary supplements. So I'm going to share some of the important things to know about dietary supplements. And at the end, I'll be happy to answer any of your questions um, that we have time for. So, we'll just get started and I'll start by talking a little bit about exactly what dietary supplements are. So, they're actually defined by law. Um, they're defined as products that supplement, which means add to what you get from the foods and beverages you consume. And they're intended to be taken by mouth. So, they're not injected like a shot or inhaled through your nose or rubbed on your skin. If you use them in any of those ways, other than by mouth and by law, they're not dietary supplements. So, we're really talking about pills and tablets and capsules and sometimes liquids, but ultimately things that you take by mouth. So, other than that, what do they contain? Well, the most common things are vitamins and minerals, which I'm sure you all know about like multivitamins that contain a lot of different vitamins and minerals or individual vitamins like vitamin C and vitamin D and minerals like calcium and zinc. And I'm sure you all know that vitamins and minerals are things that our bodies need in very small amounts to stay healthy. And foods, of course, contain vitamins and minerals. So you get these nutrients every day from the foods you eat. And then vitamins and minerals are also in many supplements. And they can also contain herbs and botanicals. And these are essentially certain plants, some which might grow near you. Um, And you might have heard of some of these like Echinacea or St. John's Ward or Ginkgo. And these plants can be processed by companies that make dietary supplements and then put into pills. And some supplements um, contain protein, which is kind of like the protein in eggs and beans and meat, or they may contain amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins. You can think of amino acids kind of like as Legos that you put together to build a bigger piece of protein. And fish oil is another common ingredient. It's the oil from fish that have a lot of fat in them like salmon and tuna. And it's being studied to see if it helps your heart stay healthy. Then there are probiotics. Um, These are commonly bacteria. And as you probably know, some bacteria can make us sick but some bacteria are good bacteria and we have it in our bodies and probiotic supplements can add to that good bacteria so that we have more of it. And then there are a whole bunch of other things in dietary supplements like melatonin, which is being studied to see if it helps you sleep uh, creatine, which is being studied to see if it helps people who exercise or play sports. Glucosamine, uh, which is being studied to look at joint health to see if it keeps things like our knees healthy. And then a whole bunch of other ingredients that also fall under that umbrella of dietary supplements. So you can see that dietary supplements cover a lot of things and a lot of people take them. Um, About one in three uh, children take them. Um, You might, or maybe you take them occasionally, or maybe you did when you were younger. Um, about half of adults take them. And as people get older, like your grandparents, uh, about two out of three of them take dietary supplements. So why do people take dietary supplements? Well, one of the biggest reasons is people sometimes think that they don't eat as well as they should. I mentioned how important it is to eat fruits and vegetables and other healthy foods. Well, that's largely because of the vitamins and minerals and other healthy things they contain like fiber. And if you don't get enough of vitamins and minerals, you can have a deficiency, which causes you to get sick or not feel well. So, some people want to make sure they're getting enough. So they take a vitamin or mineral supplement to prevent a deficiency. Other people hope that supplements will maintain or improve their health, help them feel better, or maybe reduce the risk of getting sick. But as you'll see, as I get further into my presentation, supplements really can't take the place of foods. The most important thing to focus on is eating a wide variety of healthy foods. And then some dietary supplements are advertised for things like um, sports and athletics or weight loss, but whether these products have any benefits is even less clear and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. So I want to start by diving a little more into vitamins and minerals because they're the most common dietary supplements. Um, You've heard and I've mentioned how important it is to focus on eating healthy foods. But if you think about it, you can't really take all the foods that you eat and put them into a pill, right? Um, You really need to eat the food, food tastes good, it fills you up, it gives you calories and energy to move around and to grow. And food also gives you vitamins and minerals including those that are really important as you're growing up. So I want to talk about a few of them right now. Calcium is one of them. Um, You probably know that calcium helps build strong bones. In fact, your bones contain calcium along with other things and your bones are pretty big, right? So they need a lot of calcium. If you're nine years old or older, um, all the way up through teenagers, you need 1300 milligrams a day to stay healthy. And milligrams, as you probably know, is it's just a measurement, kind of like a weight. It's a certain amount that you need. And you probably know that milk and other dairy foods like yogurt and cheese um, contains calcium. And to get 1300 milligrams a day, you would need to eat about 4 servings a day of these foods. So that means 4 glasses of milk or 2 glasses of milk and 2 cups of yogurt, something like that. So that it adds up to 4. Now, what if you don't eat dairy products or you don't eat a lot of them? Well, you can also get calcium from other foods like some vegetables like spinach, kale, or Chinese cabbage. But these foods don't have as much calcium as milk and other dairy products. So you do have to eat a lot of them. Like for example, it takes about four cups of shredded cabbage to equal the calcium in just one cup of milk. Now, some other foods have calcium added to them. That's called being a fortified food. Um, Some orange juice, for example, is fortified with calcium. And that means that the the company makes the orange juice and they add calcium to the juice so that when you drink it, your body gets the calcium. So, do people need a dietary supplement that contains calcium? Well, to answer that, you really need to consider the amount that you're already getting from the foods you eat. Um, People who eat a lot of foods containing calcium probably don't need a calcium supplement but if you don't, it it certainly could help. Okay, on to vitamin D. It's another important nutrient. It also helps build strong bones and it also helps keep your immune system healthy, which means it helps you keep from getting sick. Um, You need 15 micrograms a day, which is the same as 600 IU. That's just another type of measurement. And not a lot of foods have vitamin D but fish have a lot, um, eggs have some, and it's added to milk, again, fortified milk. So almost any milk you drink will have vitamin D. And vitamin D is interesting because your body also makes it from the sun, and that's really unique. It happens when the sun hits your skin, and it only happens for vitamin D, not any other nutrient. But when you cover up your skin with clothing or hats Or if you wear sunscreen, which is of course important to avoid getting sunburned, that blocks your body's ability to make vitamin D. So you can't always count on the sun to make vitamin D. So vitamin D is another nutrient where some people might need a supplement, but it depends, uh, but again, it depends on how much they're already getting from what they eat. Iron is another important nutrient. Um, it helps you make red blood cells, which is really important for growing and developing. And depending upon your age, you need 18 or excuse me, 8 to 15 milligrams a day. Teen girls, especially need to make sure to get enough iron. Once you start getting your period, because you lose iron in your blood. And foods that have iron include um, meat and seafood and also vegetarian foods like beans, nuts, some vegetables, like spinach and grains like some breakfast cereals and breads. And just like the orange juice I mentioned earlier that has calcium, um, some cereals and breads are fortified with iron. So those are the fortified cereals and breads. And if you don't get enough iron, um, you can get a condition called anemia uh, where you feel tired and weak. So iron is another nutrient where some people might benefit from the supplement. Also, iodine um, It's not a nutrient that often gets discussed, but it's really important for making things called thyroid hormones hormones that control how your body metabolizes or processes food. You need small amounts of iodine, uh, 120 to 150 micrograms a day, depending upon how old you are. And it's in fish and seaweed, like those little seaweed sheets you might eat as a snack or the seaweed um, that's in sushi, like California rolls, if you eat those, and it's also in dairy products, like milk. But one of the easiest ways to get iodine is from iodized salt. Um, That is when companies that make salt add iodine to the salt. Um, Some salts are iodized, some aren't. And while you probably know that it's not healthy to eat a lot of salty foods, Cooking with iodized salt or using iodized salt when you do add a little to your food is a good way to get iodine. So check the salt container in your house tonight to see if it says iodized or supplies iodine on the label. If it doesn't say that, then it doesn't have iodine. So there are many other vitamins and minerals that you need, like vitamin C and vitamin A that I, that I didn't go through. But those are some of the key ones that are important as you're growing up to make sure you're getting enough. Um, at the same time, it's also important to know that getting too much can be unhealthy. Um, I talked about how recommended amounts of vitamins and minerals have been established. Those were amounts like 1300 milligrams a day for calcium. People often refer to those as an RDA and most vitamins and minerals also ha- have what is called an upper limit or a, UL. and if you get more than the upper limit, it can be dangerous. So there's sort of this safe range of intake between the recommended amount and the upper limit where you're getting enough but not too much and that's where you wanna be. Now I should mention that it's very unlikely that you'll get more than the upper limit if you just eat foods. It's when you start taking supplements that you can can sometimes get into trouble and get too much but not really from foods. And what can happen if you get too much? Well, it depends on the vitamin or mineral, um, but some examples are vitamin B6. Um, If you get too much, you can cause things like skin sores or it can damage your nerves. Too much iron can cause an upset stomach, or if you get way, way too much, it can even be deadly. Now, I don't wanna scare you, this is extremely high amounts, way more than you'd get from taking a supplement if you follow the directions on the label, but it can happen, so it's something to keep in mind. And other vitamins and minerals can also make you sick at high doses. So the bottom line is you do want to get enough. You certainly don't want to have a deficiency. You want to get get enough, but not too much. So, if you do take a supplement, how do you know how much you're getting? Uh, Well, here's a supplement label. This is for a multivitamin product. They all uh, look very similar in terms of their layout. Um, They have the ingredients in the left column. These are the things that are contained in the supplement. And at the top, they have the serving size, which is important to look at. This is how much it's recommended to take. Usually it's one tablet or pill, but sometimes it's a little bit different. And then on the right um, is the amount of each ingredient per serving. So for this multivitamin, for example, one tablet will give you 90 milligrams of vitamin C along with the other things that are listed. And at the very far right is this percent daily value, and the daily value is sort of similar to the recommended intake. So it gives you some idea of whether the product provides a lot or a little of each ingredient. And if you look down that column, you'll see that other than biotin uh, toward the bottom, which provides only 10% of the daily value, all of the other vitamins and minerals are present at 100%. So that means they provide 100% or everything that you need in one day. So the bottom line is vitamin and mineral supplements can help you get enough of these nutrients and they might be recommended for certain people at certain times, but they can't take the place of healthy eating and eating healthy a variety of foods. So that's the important thing to really focus on. Okay, so let's switch gears a minute and talk about a couple of other types of products that you've probably heard about. And that's energy drinks, which usually come in small cans, and workout supplements, which sometimes come in powders that you scoop and mix with water or juice. And these products are often advertised for giving you energy, um, helping you stay awake and maybe focused on your homework, and also for sports, um, muscle building, and endurance. Like like if you play a sport, maybe being able to run longer or stay in the game longer. But the question is whether they actually work and are they safe? And one of the main things to be aware of with these types of products is that they often contain a lot of caffeine, which is a stimulant, meaning it perks you up and keeps you awake. Um, You probably know that coffee, which many of your parents might drink, also contains caffeine. And caffeine might improve endurance slightly. Uh, that again, is your, your ability to run or keep moving for longer if someone's playing a sport. But it can also make you feel nervous and jittery. And it can even make you feel nauseous or throw up and it can increase your heart rate. And caffeine is tricky because some herbs naturally can contain caffeine, like green tea, warana, cola nut, and yerba mate. Which means that if these herbs are in a product, then there's also caffeine in that product, but that's not always obvious if you look at the ingredients list. Guarana in particular is often in energy drinks, but some people may not know that it contains caffeine. And at high doses, caffeine isn't safe. It can sort of stimulate you too much and cause heart problems in extreme cases, it can even be deadly. Um, Now, like iron that we talked about earlier, that's extreme cases, um, but it can happen if you get way, 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 way too much. So the guidelines are that children really shouldn't consume caffeine because there's no good reason to consume it and it might cause health problems. For teenagers, um, they shouldn't have more than about 100 milligrams, which is the amount in about one cup of coffee. And a lot of energy drinks, just so you have a feel, have about 80 to 200 milligrams of caffeine, but some could have more. And adults shouldn't have more than about four to 500 milligrams a day, which is like four to five cups of coffee. And sometimes supplements that have caffeine also have other ingredients that also act like stimulants in the body. Those include things like bitter orange and Yohimbe. And if you take those together with caffeine, it can increase the chances of having a bad reaction and getting sick. So let's take a look at a label of a dietary supplement that contains caffeine and some other ingredients, including some other stimulants, which was those things I talked about a minute ago. First, you can see that it has caffeine, says it has 250 milligrams. So that's about two and a half times that limit for teenagers about half of what's what's, you know, the upper limit for adults. But look at the right. Uh, remember with the vitamin and mineral label, I showed you that there were numbers here with a percent daily value, like 100%. And there's no numbers here. And that's because none of these ingredients have recommended amounts because you don't necessarily need them to stay healthy. You don't need to consume caffeine like you need to consume vitamin C, for example, to stay healthy. So anytime you see this asterisk, this symbol in this column, it tells you that there's no recommended amount that's been established because it isn't considered essential, meaning it isn't needed for good health. So that tells you something right there. And let's look at other things on the label. There's green tea in this product. And that's one of those herbs I mentioned that also has caffeine. So chances are this product actually might have more than just the 250 milligrams of added caffeine Um, And then there are also two other ingredients, um, Yohimbi and bitter orange. Those were two of the stimulants that I mentioned. So someone taking this product might feel pretty jittery or maybe even have a more serious reaction. And here's another label. I'll buy lunch for anyone who can find caffeine on this label and I'll hint, you won't. Um, It has Cola in it which is another ingredient I mentioned that naturally ca- contains caffeine. But again, the, the label doesn't mention that caffeine is in this product. So you don't really know exactly what you're getting. And again, the percent daily value, there's no numbers here because kola nut isn't something that you need to consume in certain amounts to be healthy. So you really do have to look carefully at supplement labels to know what you're consuming and to take the time to learn about what affects those ingredients might have in your body. So that kind of brings us to the question of, can you believe everything you read or hear about dietary supplements? And the answer is no. There's a lot of things you've got to consider. First of all, if you hear something about a dietary supplement, what's the source of the information? Who did it come from? Do you trust them? Is it someone who's knowledgeable about dietary supplements or is it just something you read somewhere on social media or heard from a friend who heard it from someone else? Also, does it sound too good to be true? Like if someone tells you that you can take this supplement and you'll run twice as fast as you did last week, well, that's a little hard to believe. So chances are, it's probably not true. And one thing I pointed out, I wanted to point out, you know, you might ask, aren't there rules about what companies and advertisements can say about dietary supplements? You know, how can they be allowed to advertise things that aren't true? Well, the answer is yes, there are rules, but the rules aren't very strict. It's like rules that you probably have at home, maybe about how late you can stay at a friend's house in the evening. For some kids, their parents might say uh, that they need to be home by eight. Others might be allowed to stay out until midnight. Both are rules but one is pretty strict and the other isn't. And that's kind of how dietary supplements are. There are rules about what companies and advertisements can say about their products, but the rules aren't very strict. So sometimes products are advertised for certain things like helping someone manage their weight, but that doesn't necessarily mean that someone who is actually overweight and takes the product will lose weight if they use the product. So what should you do? Well, you should look for reliable sources of information like the NIH where I work or the FDA or the CDC. Um, We have a web page on our website called how to evaluate health information on the Internet. Here's the URL, the link to it. And it talks about things to consider when you go to a website, or if you get an email or text, or you read something on social media, is that information true and accurate and unbiased? And finally, it's very important to talk to your doctor, as well as your parents and teachers and other people you trust to find out as much as you can about dietary supplements. Here are things you should ask. First of all, do you need a dietary supplement? Second question is, you know, how might it help you if you did take a dietary supplement? Also, how much should you take? What's the proper dose? And finally, does it have any safety risks? In addition to the dose I mentioned, which is the amount that you take and the fact that high doses of things, even vitamins and minerals can be unsafe sometimes. Well, some dietary supplements can also interact with medications and medicines, meaning that they can cause problems in your body if you take them uh, along with taking medications. And sometimes dietary supplements are contaminated with harmful things like heavy metals or ingredients that are normally found in medications. This doesn't happen often, but it can happen. And supplements that are advertised for weight loss and bodybuilding or workout supplements are two of the types of products that are more likely to have contaminants and these kinds of problems in them. And then finally, you should ask, how should I take it? When should I take it? And for how long? So these are all the important things to understand before you, you think about taking a dietary supplement. So I mentioned reliable sources of information. Here's our website at the NIH. Um, we have a whole bunch of fact sheets on different dietary supplement ingredients that summarize what we know about their safety and effectiveness. So you can look up different ingredients and read all about them. We talk about workout supplements. Here's our fact sheet on these types of products. We call them supplements for exercise and athletic performance. This fact sheet talks about caffeine, for example, along with a lot of other ingredients. And so you can read this fact sheet and our other ones as well and learn more. We also have a database of dietary supplement labels. It's free to use and it contains pictures of labels from over 136,000 dietary supplements that are for sale. So you can look at the ingredients they contain and how much and compare products. And this website isn't to, to purchase the products or to buy the products, that's, that's not its purpose. It's so that you can look things up, see what they contain and compare one product with another without having to go to the store. So that's all I have for now. Um, here's our website address to look at our fact sheets and other information materials. And you can email us if you have questions. Here's our email address, ods.mih.gov. We do respond to every email we receive and